Hey, welcome to Gospel Community Sermon Podcast. Thanks for listening in. We hope that uh, you enjoy what you hear and that we handle the word faithfully. We'd invite you, if you have any questions or want to attend a service, to visit www.gcctroy.com. We find ourselves today in John chapter 17, and this is what is commonly referred to as the high priestly prayer, which is a good title for it because he is our high priest. He is the only way. He is the one that made access for us to the Father. And so that is, that is, that is um, one of the greatest things, and that could be its own sermon. Um, however, we're not going to go there. Um, I was going to read the whole prayer because it's such a beautiful prayer, and we'll be in it the next few Sundays. And it starts out and it said, after he had said these things. And so I just want to rehearse for, you, for those of you that have been a part of us the last several weeks or months where we're going through the whole book of John. And so if we go back to refer to the things that he is saying, he said, you know, um, after he said these things, and these are all the, all those things that he had said was what he had told the disciples in the upper room. Um, so this prayer would be happening after the upper room before his arrest. So that's kind of the setting of where this is at. He told, and let's just, I just want to remind us of some of the things he told the disciples. So the things he said was he said to love one another, says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He promised, he then goes and he promises the Holy spirit. He goes through the analogy of the vine and says that I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And then last week, Jason preached on um, that I have overcome the world. And so that's kind of the setting for this. And so he prays and this is, this is another beautiful example of a prayer, just like when the disciples asked him, how should we pray? He does a lot of the same things. He brings, he acknowledges God the Father and brings him glory. Um, one thing to consider while we go through this prayer is, is he's, he is facing the sole reason that he came, and that was to die on the cross for our sins. And his death was great, but what was much greater than that was the separation of him and the Father. So in the midst of him knowing what was about to come, he prays this beautiful prayer that he's not saying, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I do realize later on at his crucifixion, he says, let this cup pass from me. But he caps it off and says, but not my will, yours be done, because that was his man part talking. But um so in the midst of facing a deep tri- the, the greatest thing ever, his prayer is to give glory to God. And then he prays for his disciples and he prays for other believers. And so I just want to encourage us that as we go through our life, our trials are nothing compared to what he endured. And so when we go through a trial, let's try to remember that how we react, how we respond let's ask God to give 
us strength that he would be glorified through this thing. Enough about us. Um, For right now, he also then prays first for himself. Then he prays for his disciples, which I just said, which will be in next week. And then he closes the prayer by praying for all believers. So it starts out, actually, before I start, why don't we pray? It'd be a good thing. Father God, um, it is truly an honor that we can call you Father, and that it is through your Son, Christ, uh, that came for us, that we can access your throne, that we can talk to you. So, Father, as we go through this, uh, this beautiful interaction between you and your son, Father, help us that we would that we would be that ourselves would be removed, that we could um, focus on you, that all distractions would be gone from our hearts and our minds. And Father, just help us that, uh, or help help it to be that if anything that is said that um, is not from you, that it would be either brought to light or forgotten. And Father, just help us to get through this, uh, to not get through, but to go through this passage and that we would know you deeper. We love you and ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So John 17, verse, um, I'm going to break it up into, so we're knowing the Father, verses 1 through through 3, we're going to see the means by which we know the Father, we can know the Father. Um, then the four and four and five is going to be the motivation. And then I'm going to break it down into some methods and some application for knowing the father it says when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. I think we could probably preach a sermon on each verse probably through here, but um, Jesus is how we know the Father, and he comes out and he says the hour has come, and if you remember back, there was so many times throughout John that we saw that they tried to arrest him, they tried to do these things, and it wasn't possible because the hour just wasn't right yet, it wasn't the time yet. So he's, he's acknowledging that the hour has come. Um, he's saying also that his entire life on earth was devoted to bringing God the glory. And it says that he has authority over all flesh. And I want to read a couple other scripture references just to reference this authority. This, this is such a beautiful picture of the Trinity and the Trinity is so hard to understand, but God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one, but yet he's praying to the Father and the authority and the glory that they both have and they share, and it's all the same, but yet it seems different. And there's just so many fascinating things here. Matthew eleven twenty seven says, All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Father except the 
knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him in Matthew 28 says and Jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we see there again that Jesus is the means. John 3, 35 and 36 says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And then we can look at this and say, Jesus has always had authority. He, it, 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 it's not changing. It's not that God gives, gave him some authority that he didn't have. He, he has always had authority. But it's, I don't want to dive into this authority too much just because, like I said, it's a whole other sermon. Um, and I want the point of the passage to be knowing the father, but I do just want to read this last in John one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is all speaking of Jesus. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. So he always had this authority. Um, So it goes on then in verse 3, and it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So what is eternal life? It's... Hold on. What is eternal life? says that this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. So eternal life is knowing the Father. And I, I was thinking eternal life, a lot of times we can, we might think that eternity is being without sickness, being without sadness, being, being, uh, in paradise forever with him. And that's true. But when we look at those things, we're focusing on the benefits of eternal life and not eternal because eternal life is knowing the father. It's, it's similar to, I was thinking it's similar to a marriage. If my marriage is solely focused on the benefits of marriage, whether it's the marriage bed or whatever, or just having my clothes washed, whatever it is, like I'm focused on, I'm focused on the benefits of marriage and I'm not focused on my wife and eternal life is the same way. And if we, if we think of eternity as just a place that we're going to be when this life is over so that everything's going to be perfect I'm afraid we're missing, we're missing 
we're missing the point. It says eternal life is knowing the Father. And what does this mean? What does know mean? I got I was trying to think of some stories and analogies, and it's it's so hard because I can say, Do you know your neighbor? Yeah, probably. Do you know your mail delivery person? Maybe. You know, there's so many various in in fact, you can maybe listen to one of your favorite podcasters and you listen to them so much that you you actually feel like you know them because they share so much about themselves, but yet you've never met them and they don't they don't even know you. And so this word know is is really there's a lot there's a lot there. And I was thinking like, do you know my wife Carla? A lot of you, most of you would say, yeah, I know her. Some of you would know what her favorite drink is. You would know, some of you may not. There, some of you may know what her favorite sport is. She didn't wear a pickleball shirt today, so <laughs> otherwise you would all know. But anyway, but none of you know her like I do. Sometimes words don't even be, need to be said. And I know what she's thinking. Do you know your father like that? Actually, um, a lot greater. But why do I know her so well? It's because I live with her. I share with her. I dine with her. I talk with her daily. And I can tell you all about her, all about her personality, all about these things about her. But unless you spend time with her, you won't know her. And it's the same, same way with the Father. I can tell you as much as I know about Him, but unless you, your heart desires to know Him deeper, you won't, you won't really know Him. You have to experience Him. And I, I can't know Him for you. Um, the other interesting thought I was thinking too, where it says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. I'm not saying like anything said today is not to shame or guilt you into shame or guilt comes from the devil. But I want to increase your heart's desire to know him deeper. And so one of the things I was thinking of is um, through that is, is that Eternal life, sometimes I think we think, well, once we get to heaven, all things will be revealed to us. Yes, there'll be like, we'll understand a lot more. But we're going to know him more. You can't even stay every day in eternity because there's no days or time. But we will never, we will never get to the bottom of knowing him. We're going to be in awe of him each, you know, every moment. There'll be new things. There'll be, who knows what it is. But my point is, is like, don't, don't think, oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z to know him in order to have eternal life. It's just keep pressing in. Just like, you know, your, 
you know your friend or you know your spouse or you know your children more today than you knew them yesterday. And it's because you experienced life with them. And I believe I actually deleted one other thing. So I'm going to go back just for a second because at the end of in, in verse 2, it says, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And I don't want to, this, this word given or gave is, shows up five or six times in this prayer where Jesus is talking about the child, you know, his people, the people that were given him, the people that were that he redeems. So I want to acknowledge that that it's 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 definitely part of it. It's not the central theme of this passage. And in so doing, I there's 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 a lot of different variances of feelings on what given means, what chose, you know, how all this works. And there's, there's truths. There is so much scripture that talks about a chosen, you know, a chosen people, a royal priesthood. There's all these passages that, that drive towards given and chosen. There's also parallel truth passages, passages that, that talks about responding back to God. When he, when he says in Revelations, like, I come at the door and knock. And if anyone hears open the door. And so, you know, so, and so there's, there's things where there has to be, or that there is a response back to God. Um, there's, and I just want to encourage us all that like, as we have conversations like this, let's use much grace because these are harder theological things to understand. And they're not the simple truths that the salvational truths of like, for me, I I don't understand it all. I really don't. And I've talked with Jason. I've talked to several, like, I don't fully understand how all this works. And the beauty of it is, is like, there's grace extended. It's, it's not, this is not something that should divide us. It's not something that it may be something that we never have totally figured out because I understand you know, when we talk about the depravity of man and so that my broken flesh isn't, uh, isn't capable of doing anything good, but then once you're born again and new in him, you're, you're his children. And so that part, the spirit part, does do good things because Jesus is part, is part of that part. So the praise still goes to him. So I'm going on too far because I actually deleted the little bit that I was going to say. So I don't want to go into that because this, that is not the topic. I just want to encourage us all that we, the best way to figure things out is to learn to know him more, to read his scripture, to pray to him and ask him to reveal himself. So the motivation, the motivation for wanting to know him more is in verses four and five. And he says, 
I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus is saying here, like, I left the glories of heaven. I came to earth, became a man, glorified you in everything, and was obedient to all that you asked. He's saying the hour is now here for the ultimate reason of my incarnation, to be the perfect sacrifice, enduring the punishment for the sins of the world, making a way for your children to be restored back to you. I long to be in your presence like we were before the world was created. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, meaning Jesus. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So why should these verses motivate us? First of all, one reason I thought was because Jesus makes it possible for us to know him as father and to call him father. And we're now his sons and daughters. We have direct access to the father. He desires and longs to talk with us and live with us and lead us. We are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And this should not only, it should not only motivate us, but it, for us ourselves, but it should also motivate us to share him with others so that they too can know him. So I want to talk about some methods then to give us something to go by for knowing the Father. First of all, I think it's communication, which is prayer. And I want to encourage us... um, we see in the beginning of this passage where Jesus says Jesus stood and lifted his eyes to heaven, started praying. And it's all about the posture of his heart that, that makes the prayer right. And so I want to encourage us like, yes, it's good to close your eyes because it removes distractions, but don't think that you have to close your eyes and fold your hands to talk to God. You can talk to God while you're driving. You can talk to God however. There's times and places, but don't think that because, for one, I've fallen asleep before when someone else, like if it's if it's tired and the prayer's long. So my posture, my heart was wrong. So I'm just saying it's not the outward, it's the inward. And so when we pray to him, we can pray with, we can pray in our minds because he knows our thoughts. But I encourage you to talk to him out loud, even if you're by yourself. I was thinking of this. This came to light here um, maybe a week or two ago. I was driving to work, and I don't know was, if I remember, it was maybe a Wednesday, Thursday morning. The sunrise was absolutely gorgeous it was just brightest pink and colors and it was it was amazing and I was just I was thinking while I was driving I was thought wow father you've this 
this is beautiful, which was great. And then I thought, why not say this out loud? And I've talked to him out loud. It's not, it wasn't a first, but it was like, and I had to make myself acknowledge it out loud. And some of that was probably my own pride. So I don't know. I'm still wrestling with like why I had to force myself to say it because I've talked with him out loud many times. But for that particular morning, it was just a little bit more difficult. And I was like, maybe, I don't know why, but anyway, I just want to encourage you to do it. One of the other reasons I want to encourage is because he knows our thoughts in our heart. The demons in the spiritual world, we have no idea what that is and what it's like, but they don't know our thoughts in our heart. But when we speak out loud, it frightens them. If we're speaking to God. So even the spiritual realm is, like I said, I I don't even understand it, but I do know the fact that when we when we outwardly give praise and honor to God, it, it's good. Another way is to read His Word. And you got to think in, on that too, even with the communication part. Um, I'll back up to that before we get into the next couple ones. Um, Do we talk to Siri more than we talk to God throughout the day? Or, and these are things, like I said, I'm not, none of this is to guilt you or shame you. I just want us to realize that we can talk to him. It can be just as simple. We talk or with our community group was talking about like, it can be as simple as an emoji. If you want to call it that, like we can be working, things work out great. And it's like, Thank you, Father. Like, is he just part of our day? Like, how, how many times do we text our friend or our wife during the day? And we don't, it doesn't mean we have to sit down and make this long, lengthy prayer to talk to him. We, it, can be, it can be in the moment, God, I need you. Help me. Whatever it is, just he so desires to hear from us. Read his word. If you're having trouble not knowing what to say in your prayers, then pray his word back to him. There's so many beautiful prayers that are recorded in the Psalms and all throughout scripture that you can you can just read that back, read it out loud, read it back. It calms your heart. It brings glory back to him. All this is done to bring him glory. Sing to him. We do that corporately, but then don't be afraid to, if you're in your car and you have worship music on, like just fill your mind with him. One, one good way that really has helped me a lot is if you want to know how to know the, I guess you can say that if you want to know how to know the father more. Do a name study on all the words that are given him or all the names that are given him. There's so many times we, um, as believers, we seem 
we see Jesus as Savior and God as our Savior, which is it is. That's that's the way that we can access Him. So I don't want to minimize that at all. But He's so much more than just, I shouldn't say just, He's so much more than your Savior. And I want to read just a few, but there's there's a long list. And I would encourage you, like, just take, just you can Google it, get the list of all the names, and you can take one name a day, one name a week, whatever it is, and just dwell on that name and what that name means. He's a creator. He's a God Almighty. He's a consuming fire. He's a refuge. He's a shield. He's your dwelling place. He's your shepherd. And you can take each one of these and just unpack what that means, and it'll take lots of time. He's your provider. There's so many ways. Another way is that to know him is that we're in community with other believers, is we share, we share how he works in our lives and what he's revealed to us. We're, we are, we are called to be one we are one body of christ and we are his bride and so if he reveals one thing to you and works in your life one way and and you share your testament you know how he worked with you yesterday and what happened it gives me a deeper knowledge of him so share with each other let's share let's share what we know about him with each other So as, as we wrap up this, I want to read, which I mentioned it before, Revelation 3.20. says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. There's two things that are very frightening to me, and that is, a person that does not know God and a person that says they know God, but their fruits in their life doesn't show it. In fact, that might frighten me more because there's a per- if that person has a false sense of security if they don't know the Father and they think they know the Father, if they just think, all I got to do is pray this prayer or do this thing, but there's not a relationship with the Father. And so I want to ask the question, do you know him? Or are you saying no to him? Is he knocking? Is he knocking now? If so, respond to him. Ask him to reveal himself. Has he already came in and dined with you, but it's been a while? Dine with him again and renew your love for him as he has given everything for you. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So we're going to do something a little bit different with the, um, the benediction and the prayer. I'm going to pray. But I'm going to pray, I'm going to use this kind of as an application, I guess. I'm going to pray a passage 
which is our benediction. So I took, I'm going to say it right this time, Ephesians. I always say Ephesians. But so I'm going to take Ephesians 1, 16 through 23, where Paul is saying that he is praying for the ones at Ephesus. And so I've tweaked a little, changed a little bit of the words just because he's telling them how he prays for him. And so now I'm praying for us to the father, but using the same. So I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you. If you have trouble with how to pray, then look at other ways. And so since it is scripture and since it is, um, we're going to call this the prayer and the benediction. So let's pray. Father, It is an honor, like we said earlier, that we can even come to you. And so, Father, as we close up here, help hearts to be softened and help us that we would um, know you deeper. And Father, um, I give thanks. for my brothers and sisters in this room. And I pray that you, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our hearts and enlighten us that we will know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. And Father, what is the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe according to the working of your great might, that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, and authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the ones to come. And you put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, to us, Father, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It is through his great name that we pray. Amen.